Good evening. Today we have a very special episode of our awesome uh, weekly webinar and weekly podcast. Um, before I forget, before I forget, we are not 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 doing the pod this next week because next week I will be in Missouri and it will be the week of Silver School. Okay, the following week should be fine. I am. It's my off week while I'm up there. So I go to silver for a week and then I'm off for a week and then I have three weeks of gold premium. I will not be doing this during gold premium because <laughs> I'm going to be working dogs and exhausted. So I'm hoping that next week and then those three weeks, then I have another week off and then I have a week of gold, of October gold. So I'm kind of hoping that during that time, Rich can do it for those five weeks. Fingers crossed. Don't keep your hopes up, right? But but here we're hoping that um, that we can do it, right? That everything works out well and, and, and we just do super well, okay? Um, with everything. So trying to get everything here situated and I realized we're leaving Friday morning. We're going to Universal Thursday beforehand and I have not packed yet. So that is something that I'm gonna start pulling out probably tomorrow. Yay for awesomeness and for a two-month adventure. Before I left for two months, I wanted to answer one of the questions that I get asked pretty often from people. And that is, what do service dogs do for dysautonomia, which includes POTS and uh, neurocardiogenic syncope, vasovagal syncope, and everything underneath the dysautonomia umbrella? What do service dogs do for that? Uh, what do service dogs do for Ehlers-Danlos syndrome? And what do service dogs do for MCAS? And those are the trinity, the, not the holy trinity, right? It's the medical fun trinity of, oh, what is the word for it? Diagnoses, um, syndrome, symptoms, that a lot of times if you have one, you're going to have the others. Now, I know I've talked about it before, but I'm going to give you the real quick rundown. Uh, I've been passing out since I was seven or eight. I remember passing out and that's my fun story of, I passed out in the bathroom at our house in Pennsylvania, which we moved away from when I was 10. And I remember waking up, it was hot. Uh, and I thought I was so tired. I had to take a nap and I went outside and I rejoined my friends playing, but nobody was still playing because I don't know how long I was out. Okay. That's the earliest time I remember passing out. Uh, I also remember passing out uh, in the shower when we lived in Connecticut. So that was between the ages of 10 and 13 years old for me. Um, I passed out in the shower because it was way too hot. Notice the pattern here? Uh, way too hot. So after that, I was not allowed to shower with the door shut the whole way. Uh, I was definitely not allowed to lock that door. So anytime I was in the bathroom, I basically couldn't lock the door in case something happened and you know we needed to get in. Uh, and it wasn't because of lack of privacy or anything. It was for my own safety and because my parents were freaking out. <laughs> uh, nobody could help me then. Uh, passed out numerous times. Uh, heat, pain, and stress were the big ones. And um, passing out, here's the fun stuff that I share everything with you guys and you know it, right? Or I would never say this. Passing out only has happened sitting down while I was in the bathroom. Yeah. Otherwise, I've never passed out while sitting or lying down, um, I'll pass out standing or getting into a stand position, but, um, but never lying down, of course, because your blood is 
pretty much good across your whole body while you're lying down uh, and sitting, like I said, just, just in the bathroom. Uh, so that's been my fun. When I was 19, I was out with a friend at Milwaukee's Indian Summer Festival and I was standing as they were doing the big entry grand parade and I was hot and I was dizzy, but I was trying to be respectful and stand the whole time and I ended up passing out. My head popped underneath the bleachers. They sent, because I was just there with a friend. This was back in, I was 19. Well, it was over 20 years ago. So people didn't really have cell phones like we have. No, you could have a car phone. You could have a pager, but you really didn't, like people didn't have cell phones. Not everybody had them, right? We didn't have cell phones. So pass out. My parents weren't there. I was in Milwaukee. They lived over an hour away. Uh, the ambulance came and got me. I remember waking up in the hospital. Um, they did testing. The first thing they wanted me to do was sign stuff because <laughs> I was 19, legally, you know? Uh, so I signed and I knew there was something wrong. I didn't know what it was. Uh, they referred me to a fantastic doctor. I don't know if he's still in business up in Waukesha, Wisconsin, but it was Dr. Leach, uh, who actually turned out to be my husband's father's, so my father-in-law's cardiologist as well. Um, but that's who diagnosed me at the time. And we're talking mid-90s, okay? Mid-90s. And we tried different meds. We got something that worked out okay. If that didn't work out well, it was going to be... Um, a pacemaker is what they were talking about. And even at the time, I remember when Rich and I were first married and we got married when I was 21. I've been married for a long time. Uh, when I was 21, that was in 97. I remember using our AOL dial-up on our desktop computer. That was an old ancient dinosaur, but still, you know, compared to what we have today. Uh, but I remember using uh, AOL dial-up and trying to find information on service dogs and how a service dog could help me because I knew, even then I knew that was something I needed to investigate because traditional, um, what is it, Western medicine was only helping so much. And that was really difficult for me. Uh, I needed more help. Uh, there were times I couldn't really leave the house. There were times my life had to come to a standstill because what you gonna do you know uh so we i looked into it and at the time the one person and again i've told this story before right uh the one per group that i found that was close enough that we could have worked with wanted a 500 application fee before they could tell me if they could help me 500 application fee to be told if, if if they could help me not that's how it starts just if they could help me yikes right what the heck do you do for that so even then i started researching now jump fast forward gosh when was it if luke was born in 01 probably 03 i found a uh i found boo in the park right and so i've worked with her so i've had boo um jedi and zoe uh arrow and django gypsy candy so i've been training up a lot of dogs for myself some made it and did amazing some not so much like zoe was retired before she really began fully you know she was she was doing well and then we found out she had back issues so she had to be retired jedi 
while she was getting the training in, her temperament just wasn't cut out for it. So we've, we've had it. And now not every dog excels at everything, but because I've got so many people who have reached out to me for uh, dysautonomia, uh, Ehlers-Danlos and MCAS, which is mast cell activation something syndrome. We'll go with that. Uh, you know, I wanted to do this so I could just send people right to this podcast, right to this video, put this video up on YouTube and just one stop shop for what tasks can help with those conditions, with those illnesses, with those disabilities. Because here's the fun thing. We never asked for this. And while I'm late at getting the diagnosis for Ehlers-Danlos, okay, uh, you know, it took me how many years to get diagnosed with it? I just thought I was super clumsy. It doesn't negate the fact that I've had it my whole life. When I was a teenager, I played basketball. That was the sport. I mean, being over six foot tall, that's the sport that they're going to get me into no matter what, you know, right? And while I was playing basketball, let me see, I think it was both ankles, my left knee, uh, I cracked my ribs, my wrists, my elbow, because I hyperextended, like I don't know any of this stuff at the time, my shoulder, uh, I think my neck was fine, but those were the big ones. So both ankles, knee, I think my hips were fine, I don't think I had any problems with that, but cracked ribs, shoulder, wrist, both wrists and elbow all were injured in the few years that I played basketball. I mean, granted, I played it a little bit rough, but yikes, right? And I'm still feeling the injuries now that I'm in my early 40s. Um, I'm, I'm still feeling the injuries from that. And that's one of the reasons why I never really pushed Luke to do any sort of hard sports like that, because over 20 years later, gosh, what, close to 30 years later, Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm still feeling that and, and it, it hurts and it ha it's hard. And I just thought for the longest time that apparently people weren't meant to be over six foot tall. Uh, and, and it caused all the issues just being the height that I am. And it's not that it's, it's the EDS, right? Okay. So here we go. Grand task list. And you ready? Get a pen paper, jot this down. This is what I tell people. Write them down. Anything you think can help you mitigate your disability and anything you think would be nice and benefit you, period. But a service dog must be task trained to mitigate the person's disability. Okay, one service dog per person or two service dogs per person, but you don't share your service dog with other people in your house. So if it's a service dog for you, it's a service dog for you. It's not a service dog for you, your husband and your kid. Um, and they have to mitigate it. So if, and you want at least one good task and there are good tasks and there are, I don't want to call them weak tasks. So we'll just call them not good tasks. Um, good tasks are those life changing. Oh my gosh, because of this dog, I can do this because it's supposed to be to mitigate the owner's disability um, that affects one or more of, of things that happen in your life. Right? So here we go. You ready? Food allergies. Why am I talking about food allergies? Well, because MCAS can, can bring on some food allergies. I have to go gluten-free. And when I go gluten-free and I'm doing well gluten-free, I'm doing well. And that's fantastic. That's what I want. I want to do well. Trust me on this one. So food allergies are something that's common with this. So you can alert to allergen in the food. Smell this food. Tell me if there's an al the allergen in it. 
Again, for me, it's gluten. Uh, alert to allergen in the area. Why this? If you're dealing with allergens, especially, for example, peanut allergies or nut allergies, I eat a peanut butter sandwich, right? I end up with peanut butter on my hands because I'm a messy kindergartner whenever I eat. I go and I touch the slide and I go down a pole and I open up the door and I leave peanut butter oil on those surfaces. You have a life-threatening peanut allergen allergy and you want to go play on that slide down that pole and go in through that door <clears throat> but your service dog can tell you don't touch that doorknob that's pretty neat right yes it takes a lot of training for all of this stuff but you can alert to the allergen in the food or in the area you can also alert a family member that you you need help uh, you can fetch the medication so first the dog can wear the EpiPen in his harness or in his vest, but he can also go and fetch it. He can also fetch the phone to call for help. Now there is something called a canine phone, okay? And the dog goes and basically pushes a button and it's pre-programmed to dial whatever, dial 911 usually. I personally have not seen one because who has a house line anymore, right? Everyone has a cell phone. But if this is something that you need, it's something that you can look into and we can look into it. Uh, you can also get, do you remember back in the 80s and 90s, the help I've fallen and I can't get up commercials? There are different things if you do fall down, your dog can go and, and do to get that help. Or use the technology that's available to you. Get yourself an Apple Watch. It has the fall alert. So if I fall, um, and it's happened a couple of times, it'll ask me if I'm okay. And if I'm okay, I, I say I'm okay. If I'm not okay, it will go and alert everybody that I put on there for them to alert, along with sending an ambulance to my exact location. Now that is pretty sweet to be able to do that, okay? Uh, so those are food allergy tasks. And of course there's more, this is, this is what I have. This is what I have started for people uh, and it works, right? Guiding, because sometimes you are out of it and you need that extra help. Um, Era did this, Django does this, and Candy does this very well. So guiding, assistance safely crossing the street, assistance safely maneuvering across the parking lot. They're similar, I know. I'm not going to say that's two tasks, but I want stuff to kind of, oh yeah, that would be nice. I don't want you to say, I can cross the street safely, but I, I'm terrible in a parking lot because I get very frustrated whenever I hear the cars starting up and I kind of lose where I am, okay? So that's why I wanted to add both. Avoid moving objects. Block for moving towards danger, like a busy road away from home. You know, block me when I'm trying to move away from home, etc. Guide the guide the person home. Guide the person to the exit. I, we do that one a lot. Um, guide to an exit. Guide to a safe place. Sometimes it's guide to a chair. Uh, guide to a specific item. Sometimes it's it's guide me to the chair. <laughs> A guide to a specific location, take me to mom's house, take me to um, the front door, guide to a specific person, go find Rich. Just guiding in general, just so I can tune out everything that's going on and concentrate on standing up and maintaining my upright position without passing out, and the dog can guide me to where I need to go, right? And that's happened before I was in pain. This was 
Karen and I were at Universal and we had Holstein and Candy. This was a couple of years, last year or sometime it must've been. And I thought, I don't need to bring my wheelchair. It was just her and I, and this was before we'd got, I'd got the electric chair. So I just had the push chair and she had offered to push me through the park. And I said, no, I'll be fine. Famous last words because I wasn't fine. And we were back by the Dr. Seuss area in Islands of Adventure. And I thought I have to get out of the park out of city walk down to the valley parking and i don't think my legs are going to do that i don't know how this is going to happen so what we did is we took it one landmark at a time and candy guided me the entire time she did counterbalance which means if i started to lean to the left she would kind of make sure i didn't lean to the left and i'd go back to the right and if i kind of lean into her she'd she'd be there okay Counterbalance forward momentum pool, so guiding with some oomph, okay? Um, counterbalance forward momentum pool and brace. Those are the three big ones. And brace is for helping get up so I don't end up passing out. So guiding, um, indicate a barrier or curbs, indicate drop-offs, indicate stairs or steps, uh, lead around ground hazard and lead around stationary items, okay? So those are all guiding tasks. Uh, hearing dogs we can do, alert to alarms. You can alert to car horns, children crying, calling, yelling, a doorknob, or um, not doorknob, you could, I guess, do doorknob, but doorbell, uh, knocking, alert to glass breaking. Did you know that, that my Alexa can order, can, can listen for glass breaking when I'm gone and let me know? How neat is that? Uh, alert to an intruder. Alert to your name being called, alert to oncoming cars, alert to phone ringing, to sirens, not siren, the puppy. Siren like wee-oo, wee-oo. Alert to sounds, alert to the presence of others, and alert to unheard dropped items. Now, which of those are gonna help with dysautonomia? You know, like POTS, with EDS, with MCAS? Maybe whenever it happens to you, you just hear ringing in your ears and you can't even focus on anything. And it would be nice if maybe your dog alerted you to something at that point. You know, it can happen. Um, medical alert dog. So these are just general medical alert things. Alert family member. That's the go get rich, go get Luke. Alert for help. This is one people want to do send the dog out to a random person. I never train send the dog out to a random person. That dog's about a $50,000 dog. I am not sending it out to meet somebody who may or may not know what to do with them. If my dog cannot go and get Rich or Luke, which I rarely do a go get help out in public. If I use a go get help, it's at my house here. Uh, but if I have an issue out in public, I want the dog to help me out, not abandon me. So I train the DPT under legs, and we'll get to all these in a second. Um, just lie down beside me, put your body right beside me, stay with me during the event, and help me reorient afterwards. Those are big ones for me personally, okay? So alert for help. I don't do that one for my personal dogs. Doesn't mean it's not going to benefit you. I just don't do it for my personal dogs. Alert to changes in medical condition. Low blood sugar, impending seizures, cardiac rhythm disturbances, blood pressure, cortisol. People ask me all the time, what do you alert for? What does your dog learn to alert for, uh, for dysautonomia? I don't know. I don't know if it's the rising um, 
pulse. I don't know heart rate. I don't know if it's it lowering. I don't know if you put off a scent. So what do we do? We teach the dog that scent means something and we work on getting you scent samples. So then we have trained it. Now, some people will tell you the same thing that you should tell people with diabetic alert dogs is it's magic. And the dog will magically find out what it is and let you know. Baloney. It is not magic. It is a scent that, or a sound. Scent, sound, maybe you look a certain way before it happens, but your dog can pick up on it a lot of times. They just don't know exactly what it is that's being done. Okay. Assist in getting up from the floor or from a chair after a medical crisis. Yes, my dogs know that. Assist in sitting or laying down in cases of impending medical crisis. Oh, yeah. My dogs are good at that one. And that's that brace. That's where that comes in, too. Uh, assist with grounding. Yes, that means the whole world is spinning and I can just focus on my dog here right in front of me. A deep pressure therapy, especially for EDS with your joints. Oh, deep pressure therapy is flipping amazing. It makes it feel so good. And I'm going to tell you a fun story. I was at a uh, trainer's uh, seminar, right? It's a fantastic seminar and I loved it. And I had Candy with me and she got up into DPT, deep pressure therapy. I call it lap. She got up there and she's leaning up against me. And the instructor stopped and she says, can I ask you a personal question? And I said, oh, yeah, what's going on? I, I share everything. Uh, there's no secrets here. Uh, she said, I thought this was just for, for PTSD stuff. Yeah, PTSD. And I said, no. And I explained it to her and she said, that was so interesting that we use it. And why do we use deep pressure therapy with this is, according to what Dr. Trevino told me, he is my, uh, my doctor here, my dysautonomia specialist in Clearwater, which is by Tampa. After you eat, the blood pools in your stomach to help, stomach area, to help digest and break down, right? Blood's gonna go to where it's needed. And while it's there, you don't have blood in your head and in your extremities as much, especially your head because, you know, little thing called gravity. And he wanted me to wear compression hose uh, from my ribs to my knees. I, I can't do compression hose, especially with the irritable bowel syndrome. That's just not gonna happen. Uh, and I kind of flip out if I'm confined like that. So I don't wanna do that. Um, instead, what my dogs know is that deep pressure therapy and lean into my stomach to help uh, prevent the blood from pooling there, which will help me not get lightheaded, which will help me not pass out, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Because it hasn't happened uh, sitting anyway, so that's always good. Fetch medication. Mm -hmm. Now here's the fun thing too with this is you want to get a bag and it's fetch this bag. And I don't care what I put in it. If my doctor puts me on a new meds, I can put that in there. If I'm on eardrops, I can put that in there. If I'm taking different vitamins, I can put that in there. It's not go fetch this med and now this med and now this med and now this med. It is just bring me the bag. And if you have a lot of meds, you can use a bigger bag. Um, fetch medication, fetch the phone to call for help. We have used iPhones for a, well, since we started getting, well, not since we started getting phones, but for a long time. We'll just put it that way, for a long time. I keep my old iPhone cases. I don't keep the old iPhones necessarily, but I keep the old iPhone cases so I can put them together and I can work on the dogs retrieving those. 
I ask people, if you have old phones, please send them to me so I can use it to train service dogs. I don't care if you drill a hole in it. I will put them in a case or you can send the case as well so we can work on retrieving the case with weight in it because I case all of mine. I prefer the OtterBox because I drop them all the time too. But, uh, but yeah, that's what we do is fetch the phone to call for help. Medication reminder. I love this story here. I have a dear friend, a good friend. She actually helps me co-teach the class. Um, she is my laws expert. And during Hurricane Irma, she was without power for three weeks. But because her dog knew medication reminder, even while they didn't have power, she never missed a dose of her meds, even though she had no idea what time it was because they didn't have power. The dog alerted her to, reminded her every time she needed to take her meds. That's pretty cool, right? I reassure during a medical crisis, because it could be very stressful, especially whenever you are passing out. You, you can spaz out. Reorient after a medical episode. This is one of my favorites. Gypsy is super good at this. I had an issue um, a month or so ago in the kitchen. I was singing and dancing. I probably shouldn't have been doing that while I was prepping food and it was just too much. And I ended up on the ground and Rich came in the kitchen and just walked over me, which wasn't good. I don't know if he thought I was like taking a nap in the kitchen or what, but Gypsy was right there. You know, she was looking at me and then she lay down right beside me. So Gypsy for that one. Um, stay with until help arrives. Stay with me until help arrives, right? Like stay here. Under my legs to raise them. Another one she's good at. Why? Because blood pools, right? So if I lay down, get the legs up, get the blood out of the legs and get it into my head where it belongs and wake the handler. You have a dog who likes to do kisses? This might be a good one for you. Okay, so those are all medical alert tasks that I train, that I've trained, that my dogs do or that I think sound good for somebody else, but I'm not doing it with my dogs. And it might be because I haven't had time. Mobility dogs. What do mobility dogs do? And how can this benefit you with dysautonomia, with EDS, or with MCAS? Mobility dogs. Assist in a public restroom. Do you know how fun it is to take a wheelchair and a dog into the bathroom? Yeah, it's kind of hard. Do you know how many bathrooms at Disney and at Universal do not have a button that you can hit to get them open. Yeah, I don't think any of them do. It is a pain in the butt. The only one I know of that has it is up at Brownwood. And I love that bathroom because you just hit it, the door opens. I don't have to worry about holding the door. And I always have people who, you know, hurry up and open the door for me, which is great. But what if they're not around? Like, I need to figure out how to do this on my own. And with the, the electric chair, it starts out slow and picks up speed. So sometimes, yeah, it's super fun. Assist a person to rise and to be steady. Assist to get up from a chair. Assist to get up from the floor. Assist with position changes from a sit to a stand, from a lay to a sit, etc. Assist with stairs. Even if I'm walking, I usually will avoid the stairs because it bothers my knees to, to move them like that. So I try to avoid stairs. Assist with the transfer, wheelchair to chair. Uh, balance assist on the stairs, balance support, block, which is stand in front of me and block, cover is stand behind me and block, 
uh, brace, uh, bring a note to a person. It's a mobility task. How big does a dog have to do to deliver a note to a person? Pick any size, right? A two pound Yorkie could deliver a note to a person. So would your two pound Yorkie be a service dog then? Depends on what other tasks he's trained for and what your disability is, right? Uh, carry slash deliver an item to another person. So we, we do this all the time with ours, especially Gypsy loves it. You know, here, go give this to daddy. Here, go give this to Vicky, right? Uh, carry grocery bags. How big does a dog have to be to, to carry grocery bags? It depends on what's in the grocery bags. A grocery bag of bags or a grocery bag of bread is going to weigh a lot less than a grocery bag of laundry detergent and canned goods. You know, and, and what type of bag are you using? Are you using a plastic bag or are you using one of the canvas bags? So I'm going to recommend a canvas bag. And this is one thing that we taught uh, one of our poodle service dogs was carry grocery bags in. I carry items to another room. And this could be here, go bring this to the living room. Go bring this to the bedroom. Uh, carry items up or down stairs, carry mail, carry your purse. Now I don't do a lot of these carry things for a while, you know, like carry this through the store today. But if, for example, if my wrists aren't doing well, it might be nice to say here, carry this, you know, across the house for me. Uh, clean up items on the floor and put them in a basket. Clean up trash on the floor, put it in the waste basket. Now, those are multi-step ones. You don't say, oh, that'd be fun. I bet I'll do that today. You know, those are multi-step processes. Uh, close doors, pull them closed with a tug. Close doors, push closed with nose or paw. Close the washer or dryer with nose or paw. Counterbalance, I talked about that one. Cover, talked about deep pressure therapy, talked about. Deliver money or credit card to cashier. Deliver item from the cashier to the handler. Maybe your receipt. Drag the laundry basket. We usually recommend attaching a, a tug or something, a rope to it to make it easier. Maybe even putting it on wheels. Rich has these little moving dolly things um, that are just little wooden squares. So that would make it a lot easier for the dog and it would save your floor. Fetch medications, again, put them in a bag and not just like a zippy bag, like a canvas type bag. Uh, forward momentum in a wheelchair, possibly. My dogs do not pull me in a wheelchair. Uh, Era we did play around with because he was an adult 65 pound all muscle Malinois. Jenga will probably play around with, but since I have my electric chair, I don't need it. And pulling a wheelchair is gonna put a lot of pressure on the dog's body. And I don't need it because I have an electric chair. It was under $3,000. So, yay. Uh, forward momentum when walking. I use that one all the time. Uh, and they do need to have that special harness for it. Don't just hold on to your dog's collar and say, pull me. You know, you need to have that special harness and they need to know what to do in that harness. And this is why, why I don't use harnesses in my, my normal dog training. Now, my puppies can start off on harnesses. And I'm sure it surprised some people whenever I, I told the people I want the puppies to go home in harnesses. But, you know, that's what they're for is good for puppies. And then if they need it, whenever they're service dogs, we do that too. Help sit up if slumped over. Help sit me up. Um, hold item. 
an oops pickup, and this is mine. This is one of mine. So if you hear somebody talking about oops, that's a Vicky one. Uh, what that is, is I'm very clumsy. If I drop something, what am I going to say? I say oops. And Gypsy knows when she hears oops, she comes and picks it up. So fun story is my mom was visiting a while ago. And she dropped her glasses on the floor. And what does she say when she drops something? What do most people say when they drop something? Oops. Gypsy comes, picks up her glasses, and brings them to me. My mom and I sound very much alike. I open door by pushing the handicap button. Open door by pulling open using a tug. And open door by pushing open with nose or paws. There are three different tasks for the same thing. It depends on what type of door it is. Okay. Um, open door, sliding door. Sliding doors are usually pretty heavy. You know, so you need to know what it is and not be reliant on just the one thing. Um, open, close the bathroom door. Remember whenever I said I pass out in the bathroom? I usually, like at the house here, I try not to close the bathroom door. It's, just, it's a habit. And some people think it's weird. Luckily, my bathroom that I usually use is off my bedroom, so nobody's in here except for Rich. Um, but yeah, yeah, I usually don't close the bathroom door because, you know, I do pass out in there. Open, close a cabinet or a drawer. I think kitchen or bathroom countertop type of thing. Place items on the counter at cash register. Not just give money to cashier, but place the items there. Provide momentum up incline. Provide momentum upstairs. Pull a wheelchair. Pull and hold a heavy door. That's a hard one for them. So that's not for every dog. That's not for the two-pound Yorkie to do. Never. Uh, pull blankets on or off. Push the handicapped or elevator buttons. That's a hard one. I don't usually train that just because the buttons are all right there. And if the dog does one of these, he's going to hit like every button. Uh, put in, put a, but it doesn't mean I can't do it. I just usually don't do it. Usually we don't need to. Um, put away an item. Now this isn't go put this in my sock drawer. Ha, oh, my dog's doing everything. Uh, remove socks or other clothing. Gypsy likes to do that. No, Django. I, well, Django does too. Uh, and I don't wear socks all that often, but it's a fun one to work on and teach. Uh, retrieve dropped items. That's my oops. Retrieve emergency meds and water. So I do not train, get water from the fridge usually because I would come home and the fridge would be open. All the food would be out and the dogs would be eating whatever meat we had in there. So instead, what I recommend doing is taking that canvas bag. It could be a toiletry bag and getting one of those shorty bottles of water and putting it in there. But then you tell me, but no, Vic, I like cold water. So do I. But if I can't grab it, you can either do like a little fridge. Um, you can do that. You can do have somebody get your water or suffer with room temperature water. Okay. First world problems, guys. I had to have room temperature water with my emergency meds today. <sighs> Retrieve items when pointed at. Retrieve mail or newspaper, retrieve medical equipment or mobility aids like wheelchair, walker, cane, your grabber, etc. Retrieve the named items, retrieve your phone, your wallet, your backpack, your travel bag, retrieve your shoes. That's one of Gypsy's favorites. Retrieve a tissue and crying, sneezing, coughing so you can make a sneeze be the command for go get me a tissue. Uh, retrieve a towel after the shower maybe, retrieve the TV remote. Turn the lights on and off through paw, nose, teeth. I don't usually train that one anymore either. I just have Alexa do it. We have it set up. Alexa, dog room lights on. Okay. Dog room lights are on. So you can set up stuff like that, and then you can set up shortcuts with her as well if you wanted to. So, you know, like there's no sense teaching my dog to do it. 
whenever I've got her. Now, what happens whenever I'm gone for five weeks? Well, seven weeks, two months without Alexa there. Unload grocery items, unload items from washer dryer. Then we have psychiatric service dogs. So I'm going to go over this just because I'm on a roll here. Um, agitation response. Well, that could happen because sometimes with the dysautonomia, you kind of, you get nervous and you start dreading that I'm going to pass out. And I don't really want to pass out. And please don't pass out. So agitation response, alert to person coming from behind, alert to the presence of others, assist in creating a safe personal space. Well, this is true if you're going to pass out too. Assist in leaving a social situation. For example, if you're having a panic attack or if you just need to get out of there because you are going to pass out. Block, cover, brace, or lean against handler for grounding. A buffer in crowded places. Crowd control of circling. Crying interruption response, um, DPT. Fetch meds, fetch phone, find a bathroom. That might be a good one for, for us. Why find a bathroom? Because it's usually an out-of-the-way spot. Find a specific person, find the car, flashback interruption, follow a designated person, um, interrupt disassociation, interrupt freezing behavior or harmful behavior, maybe a panic attack or an anxiety attack, interrupt repetitive behaviors, uh, interrupt scratching and skin picking, nightmare interruption, provide the distraction, provide an excuse to leave an uncomfortable situation, reorient to the here and now, respond to smoke alarm, routine reminders, uh, snuggle. Snuggles is fun. I call it hugs. Um, summon help from a specific person and watch my back. Okay. So that's not all of them. So what I want you to do is I want you to go through and listen to this a few more times. Pause it as needed. Write down the tasks that are going to help you in your mind. Talk to your doctor about it as well. And then Google search it. YouTube search it. You know, like check it all out. Uh, write down everything that you think might help. You know, this isn't a hundred tasks. Okay, if you get to 100, that's fine. It just helps you to brainstorm, right? It's like goals. And then what we like to do is I tell you to number them from, put them in order, reorder them, right? From one of this would change my life down to the bottom, which is, you know, it'd be nice, but it's not really necessary. And then what we want to do too is group them. So I do this. You don't do this. Don't worry about it. We'll group them into, for example, the retrieve ones, the guide ones, the mobility ones, the hearing ones, we'll group them because sometimes it's easy to, you, you heard these, some of them bring the phone, bring a remote, like they're really similar, bring the meds, that's all retrieve stuff. So if you have a bunch of retrieve stuff, that means we need to retrieve. And then we need to work with the foundation skills to get you so we can go and branch off and train these, okay? And sometimes it sounds really weird and I know I'm forgetting some of them and that's okay. Um, I have the big ones on here and that's the important thing is I need to start your brain going with what's gonna help you with your disability and what's gonna help you with your disability might be different from what I need for my disability, okay? But this is gonna be a, a start on what to do. And then once you have that list in order from this would change my life to this would be fun, but it's not really needed, that's whenever you contact me. And how do you reach me? Heart and Soul Dog Training is at heartk9.com. That's H-E-A-R-T, the letter K, the number nine, dot com, or heartsoulk9.com. H-E-A-R-T-S-O-U-L, letter K, number nine, dot com. But heart K9 or soul K9, letter K number nine, guys, that'll take you to us, okay? You contact us from there, and then we work with you. We figure out which program is best for you, right? And we go, go, go. We get started on training up your dog to be that service dog that you need. And you can also follow us on Instagram, 
and on YouTube and on Facebook. And we even have a TikTok through Hope Service Dogs. We're heart and soul dog training. Karen's heart and soul dog training GNV. That's for Gainesville. And we're also Hope Service Dogs. That's our breeding program. So if you need a dog as a service dog, my number one choice is always Golden Retrievers. Why? Because they're the best. Um, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and comment on this. Tag me in it just in case I don't happen to see it. We do cross post this and it doesn't always let me know whenever there's a comment. Uh, but I do have that ringing in my ears right now, which is telling me that we're done for today. Uh, I will not see you next week here. I will see you Saturday because Karen and I will be driving. Uh, and we'll have something to talk about. We'll have a whole day to sit and talk about what it is that we want to talk about. Uh, so a virtual group will be more another one kind of like this. We need something to get you through this next week. Okay. I want you all to take care and peace out. Leave us a review if you listen to us on Facebook. Review, response, like us, share us, subscribe, get alerts. Have fun, right? But write down your list of tasks that would benefit you. Bye, guys.